T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Amid all the anguish and illness and mobilization triggered by the coronavirus crisis, you might have forgotten about the buildup for the 2020 U.S. Census. But it's upon us, and some of the things we're worrying about most in recovering from COVID-19's effects on our area are in fact driven by things like the census. So it affects you. We're going to explore how and a lot more this week. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. The most recent figures suggest that more than half of the households across the United States have already responded to the first calls to fill out the 2020 census questionnaire. And there are more ways to answer that call than ever before. So what's the worry? Well, getting a complete census count is not that easy, but it is extremely important. My guest this weekend has worked full time and for much of her life in the interest of getting it right. And the challenges this year are formidable. Marilyn Sanders is the Chicago Regional Director of the United States Census Bureau, and she's worked for the Census Bureau since the 70s. She started as a field representative, and she has literally worked her way to the top. Ms. Sanders is a geographer and a statistician by training. She became Assistant Regional Director in 1998, and now she heads the entire operation, which oversees the counts in eight states in the Midwest and down to Arkansas. Uh, In this era of COVID-19 precautions, I am interviewing Director Sanders via Zoom conferencing. And uh, Marilyn Sanders, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, I think it says a lot about the importance of the census that an entire agency can work year-round, day in and day out on something that most people think of as something that happens once every 10 years. But it's, it's a whole lot more than that, isn't it? Yes, it is. The 2020 census is, of course, we are currently in the midst of, but the U.S. Census Bureau collects data. And right now we are tasked with the 2020 census, which determines so much in our communities. And more importantly, uh, how many seats are uh, in the House of Representatives. It also determines redistricting and of course, the billions of dollars that are distributed each year based on census data. And, and the census is, it's really a part of the fabric of this country. I mean, it's, it's, it's spelled out in the constitution, correct? The census is in the constitution and the work that we accomplish is mandated by the constitution. Uh, the census is critically important and it is now. Um, 
you know, people hear the message a lot, uh, especially in years like this, but we should remind people about some of the other reasons the census is, is so important, even before we talk about what's making this year so challenging. Uh, I mean, you talked about the resources and the representation, but the census also is, is about making sure that we know where families are, um, so the demographics are important too. Can you talk a little about that, about why it's important about who's counted as, as much as it is about how many? So we ask questions in the census to establish uh, individuals in terms of the count. And of course, that is what we're in the midst of. But in addition to that, the data is used in terms of establishing where to put hospitals, where uh, we may need nursing homes or schools. There's so many uses of census data. So it's not only about redistricting and apportionment, but it's also about bringing funding to the community so that the communities have the services that they're, they're needing. Uh, the census data is also used to uh, inform where senior facilities may uh, need to be established. Uh, it is used for uh, Medicare and other health programs. So it's essential that we collect data on every person living uh, in the United States. And uh, I believe uh, in this year, we're talking about, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about the new technology because I, people can respond to the census in more ways than ever, right? Yes. And as you mentioned, in light of uh, the pandemic and COVID-19, uh, there's the opportunity to respond to the census this time online, by telephone, and by mail. So it's important to note that as we have achieved nationally a 57% response rate, in the state of Illinois, we're now at 62.4%. In Cook County, we're at 57%. And we're a little bit over almost to 50% in the city of Chicago. So it's important to note that you can respond online. Right now, you can go online and respond to the census. You can also call in to respond to the census, as well as return your questionnaire. More recently, in the past 10 days, uh, we have mailed out questionnaires to every household that had not responded. Mm. And um, are you noticing that the... Uh responses are showing any trends? I mean, you know, Chicago is, is ahead of, uh, of some of the other areas of, in the state, but is that a, uh, are, you, are you showing more response in one form or another? Are you seeing the data that can give you that? So I think it's important to note uh, how we started uh, preparing for the census. So of course, within the state of Illinois, you have the governor who has a complete count committee. You have Cook County uh, President uh, Pratt Winkle, who is assisting with the complete count committee. And we also have uh, Mayor Lightfoot, who is also supporting. So with the unified front, we have seen uh, a, a good response in terms of where we are from a national perspective and where we are in terms of the state and the county. However, our mission continues. It is important that we reach every household. 
and not necessarily just reaching that household, but making sure that everyone within that household is counted. In past censuses, we have undercounted children. So we're really focused on making certain that children between the ages of zero to five are counted. The most important message is that everyone counts. Now, at the time you and I first met, uh, the big concern was hard to count communities, and, and that is still a high priority issue. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? What, what makes these areas, it's, it, you know, the, you get the, the easy ones right away. It's, this, it's the, the, the ones at the end that are the, uh, the, the hardest, correct? That is correct. And, and so there are four points I'd like to make there. First, you have those that are hard to locate. We have a very mobile population. And then you have, in addition to that, they're hard to, to reach, to contact by phone. Even sending out the multiple mailings, the strategy that we use this census. It's uh, equally hard to get individuals to respond uh, to the, the various mailings that have occurred. And then those that are hard to persuade. There is also the fear factor, those individuals that are fearful that the data we collect will not be protected. The Census Bureau takes the protection of the data that we collect very seriously. Every employee is sworn for life. We make certain that we maintain confidentiality and privacy. And then you have those that are just difficult to interview, those that have language barriers. And for this uh, census, the Bureau has invested in a very robust language program to make language assistance guides available online. Uh, also hiring individuals within our partnership program that goes out into the community and help facilitate educating and motivating individuals to respond. Um, with all the help available online though, you know, obviously there are gonna be some, you know, we call it the digital divide, but uh, there are people who may not have easy access to uh, to the computers? Uh, how do you deal with people who can't? I mean, is that where you have to send your representatives out onto the uh, into the streets? So, so you're absolutely correct, and we have done a lot of research on uh, determining and defining those areas that have uh, access. Internet access is not. Uh, available in those communities. So want to point out that the census is primarily done and conducted by us mailing an invitation, mailing a questionnaire, mailing a reminder. But there are some portions of the country, specifically in rural America, that does not have a mailable address. And those specific areas, we started the process to hand deliver questionnaires. Uh, we suspended that operation due to the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, but we are now, as uh, states are opening up, we are now moving forward in some areas uh, as we uh, look at the safety, of course, first of the public and, and those that uh, are uh, working for us. So the end result is that some communities will have questionnaires hand-delivered. At the end of the day, at the end of what we call the self-response period, which is what we're in right now, self-response right now will go through October 31st. During that time, we will also conduct an operation 
which is called non-response follow-up. And I think that's what you're speaking of. And that's where we go out and we actually knock on the doors of those households that have not responded. Tentatively though, we have scheduled that operation to start in August. And of course, by far, our primary concern is the health and safety of both the public and both our staff. So that operation has been delayed and will uh, start up in August, providing uh, all the signs are there uh, and available for us to protect the health and safety of the American public. Now, can you tell me how hiring has gone, especially now that we're in the COVID-19 period, where, I mean, some people may be afraid of, it's not just people afraid of coming to the door, there may be people who are afraid of walking through the doors. Are you seeing the response that you need to see uh, from the the public for for the kinds of people who would have these jobs? So the uh, recruiting effort was going um, very well prior to, and uh, I'm speaking of prior to, uh, our operations having to be suspended. So in that regard, many individuals have been hired and we're going through what we call the clearance process. Every employee has to go through a background and fingerprint check. But I want to point out more specifically that right now, as we speak, we are calling those individuals that uh, were in the midst of the process, uh, determining if they're still available to work for us. Of course, with the unemployment rate as it is today, we expect that we will continue to get new applicants and have people available to do the work that we need to do in order to get a complete and accurate count. Um, and you, you touched on this a, a moment ago, but uh, yeah, some people, in the, especially in the Latinx community, if there's a language barrier, you also talked about that people have to trust. Uh, I mean, you, no doubt, and people will remember there was some fright in the Latinx community at one point when President Trump was attempting to include a citizenship question in the questionnaire. That question was blocked. Um, but how is the Bureau reassuring people about what can and can't be done with the census information? I mean, is that something that has to come from community people or is that something that the Bureau itself is able to do sufficiently? I think that's a combination of uh, the community as well as uh, the Census Bureau. We have provided uh, many opportunities to educate uh, the various communities on how we safeguard uh, their data. Again, every employee that works for us is sworn for life. In terms of uh, cybersecurity, we're continually working through Homeland Security and other agencies to help us to make certain that we're continuing to monitor. But I think more importantly, one of the ways that we mitigate uh, the fear, we talked about having to go and conduct non-response follow-up at a point where it's safe to do so. So one of the opportunities that we have is to recruit individuals from that community because we know that the trust comes from individuals that live and are able to help us to conduct the census in those communities. But I want to talk about a, a, a very, I think, um, unique opportunity that we've had, and that is by hiring partnership specialists 
to reach out into the community over the past two years, to work with community leaders, to identify trusted voices in those communities that will help us to carry that message that the census is safe, it's important, and so much of the future of the children and those individuals in those communities rest on decisions that are made every single day, every year, as it relates to the census data that we collect. Uh, but in short, it's the trusted voices. It's having individuals engaged in the process along with our partnership specialists to carry the message that the census is important, and more importantly than that, the census is safe. The Census Bureau will never ask you social security numbers. They will never ask you for your financial information. And the data that we collect is released in statistical uh, tables and, and used for uh, specifically apportionment and for uh, distributing the funds that we talked about. You're listening to News Radio 780's At Issue. I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and I'm talking via Zoom conferencing with Marilyn Sanders. She is the Chicago Regional Director of the United States Central Bureau, or Census Bureau. <laughs> Didn't get that right. Uh, anyway, but uh, I, I do want to uh, talk about the other outreach that you're doing because I know I've heard and seen ads for the census as well. So, it, uh, it seems as if uh, that kind of work is going on. I know, uh, especially listening to uh, Black Radio, for example, uh, there have been ads that were very much uh, on point with people in the community. What, what other kinds of things are, wh what about those things and what other kinds of things are you doing? So um, over um, a year ago, uh, the Bureau... Um, started to work with YNR, which is a marketing uh, firm, and they did a series of what we call focus groups. And they uh, worked with different communities to identify the barriers to uh, their knowledge or, or what would need to happen in order to make certain that they were educated uh, in a manner that would um, force them to uh, complete the census at the time that the census was done. So in informing uh, that work uh, was those focus groups and uh, the marketing strategy developed based on uh, information received during uh, the focus groups. We also did what we call a um, survey of, of, of households to determine what would encourage them to participate in the census. But all of the marketing uh, campaign is underway now. It is still, uh, of course, being uh, utilized to help engage at every level, every community. Uh, we are doing continued marketing uh, through social media, uh, which is a great platform for reaching individuals that are hard to contact and hard to reach. Uh, and so those are some of the ways that we are engaging. I want to talk a little bit about how we move to um, doing more virtual engagements as we moved into the COVID-19 event in this country. So the partnerships that I talked about that we developed over the past year and a half, and we are now... Um, engaging with them to do more social type um, virtual meetings, town hall, teleconferences, 
uh, Zoom meetings, such as what we're doing here today, to get the word out that the census is being conducted now. And you can, of course, respond online by phone or by mail. Um, and that's the kind of, uh, I would guess, nimbleness that the, that the agency is going to need as th things keep changing. Um, do you have the adequate funding to make these changes and to do the different things that are going to have to be done in these conditions, especially when budgets of government in general have been strapped because of all the COVID-19 uh, relief efforts? So the, the things that are being done are being adjusted under the current uh, budget. Um, and of course, working along with, um, with that, I um, would say that we are continuing to monitor and to measure the success that uh, we will need in order to get to complete count uh, at the end of October as our data collection uh, activities are uh, starting or will start to wind up. But I think within the framework of the work that we are performing, we are continuing to work within the budget that we currently have. But now you haven't had, it, had to cut that budget, have you? Uh, not at, at my level, no. Uh, let me ask how things are going in the rest of the region. I don't want to be completely uh, Chicago-centric here. Uh, how you know you've got you've got eight states. I uh, so are there special issue issues in other places like cities like Detroit or states like Iowa or Arkansas? So so I am excited uh, because of the partnership that was developed with the governors in all eight states that we are trending ahead of the nation. Out of uh, the eight states that I'm responsible for which um, represent an estimate of over 54 million people and 24 million households over those eight states. All of our states are trending over 50% self-response right now. And Minnesota, Iowa, uh, Michigan, and Wisconsin is leading the country, having uh, moved past that um, 65% uh, percent response rate right now in Wisconsin. There is a 68% percent response rate in Minnesota. In Michigan, we're at 64%. Percent. Iowa is at 65%. Percent. And so we have Missouri at 58% and um, we have Arkansas at 52%. And I want to note that in those two states, I talked about the way we deliver questionnaire and those two states they have a greater number of households and rural areas that we're just now releasing uh, back to the field. Some of our staff in Arkansas to start delivering those questionnaires. It is, um, I think, attributable to uh, the great working relationship across all the eight states with all of the mayors and the governors. We are also uh, doing uh, fairly well about the same across our major metropolitan areas. You mentioned Detroit and of course you, uh, we have Minneapolis, St. Paul, and we have of course uh, Marion County. So all of them are doing pretty well, but we still need to get 
to that point of uh, letting everyone know that the census is still going on. It is now, and even in the midst of uh, what we're all faced with, with the pandemic, we have the ability to respond online. We have the ability to call in and, and respond to the census and making certain that we voice to our uh, communities that the data that's collected informs and continue to inform decisions even in a time as this, a pandemic. Um, what are the kinds of signs that you look for? I mean, are they, are they numeric signposts to know, yes, we're, we're doing well or, ooh, this one's the, you know, this one is not, this place is not working as well and we need to direct some more energies there. How do you make those adjustments? So the Bureau has many research tools, but there's a tool that we use that we can um, narrow down to what we call a cluster of blocks, a cluster of geographically, a cluster of blocks. So we can identify down to the community where we need more support. And it is based on the self-response. So, for example, as you think about the city of Chicago and the 77 community areas, we can look at those areas and see where we need to put more resources. I mentioned that we have a partnership team. So we have trained partnership specialists that can work with those local elected officials as well as those community leaders within those areas and help us to facilitate getting the word out. And it may be hosting a virtual meeting. It may be hosting a town hall meeting. It may be sending or posting on social media information about how to respond to the census. Are you finding any pockets of resistance, either where local officials are, are not stepping up? Uh, you know, their, their attention is kind of divided right now. Yes, it is. And I, and I have to go back and, and just um, make certain that um, the time element is there. So what do I mean by that? We've been working with them for over the last year and a half and some longer than that. And I want to also mention that in uh, the state of Illinois and across the eight states that I'm responsible for, there are philanthropic organizations, there are non-for-profits that are working along with us to help get the message out. So even though their um, resources and energy um, may be divided during this time, uh, I think the partnership and the engagement that we've built up over time, uh, they are, as they are available to, supporting us. So knowing the importance, having been in an engaged relationship, if you will, over the last year and a half, helping them to understand the timeline, the changes to the timeline. So that's another key point. We are continuing to update all of our partners so that they are aware of where we are, just as we mentioned about how each community is doing in terms of self-response. We're sharing that information and um, making certain that they have the most up-to-date information to share with their constituency as well. And I just want you to go over the, uh, the standing timeline just a little bit now, just to remind people of where we are. You're in, we are still in the selfing, uh, the self-responding, but yes. what are those yes. mileposts that we've got coming? 
So we're still in the self-response phase, and that phase started on March 12th, and it goes through October the 31st. So uh, you will be able to respond online by phone and mail during the self-response phase. It will continue through the data collection process, and that is a key uh, time frame for us, and that's called the non-response follow-up process. So we will continue uh, self-response through non-response. Non-response follow-up is scheduled now tentatively for August 11th through October 31st. And that is where, providing we are able to safely continue to knock on doors, we will do that within the environments of being healthy and safe. Um, that operation, again, will end in terms of non-response follow-up that operation will end on October 31st. Well, Ms. Sanders, thank you very, very much. The, this is Marilyn Sanders, the Regional Director of the U.S. Census. Uh, for, thank you for spending this half hour. Um, to our listeners, if you like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website at wbbmnewsradio.com. Just follow the podcast links. You can also find our podcasts on radio.com. I'll be back next week with another edition of that issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. WBBM and HD Chicago, WCFS FM and HD1 Elmwood Park, Chicago. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.